And we are back. The second episode in our little remembrance series of the league and its history here. Nick and Corey are back again. We're going to go through a few more seasons. We've got another kind of greatest top whatever list at the end of the episode as well. Today we're going to go through um, probably some of the most fun seasons in league history. Maybe not the most competitive compared to where, where we are now, but when we talk about 2014 to 2016, this is definitely, at least for me, like this is when the league got really, really competitive, really serious. Everyone is playing at this point, 1 to 10. And I just remember like this was just probably the most fun stretch we've had, even if you and I weren't individually that great. Well, the truth is we've cut the fat. Like even in 12 and 13, I mean, all those three seasons, like people were really competitive. We really cared. We probably cared more than any other time. But there were always like two or three teams that we we hadn't quite figured out the group. And and in this era, it's like the middle era. You don't have some of the the you know people that we have today. But we had a bunch of people that were kind of mainstays for a while. Like Brian Cummins was in the league for what four years. Eric mm-hmm. and Mary were in it for more than four. I think yeah. five. Um, by that point, you know, Trey and Scott were, um, you know, people that had, were in the league for the long haul. Colin was there at this point. So we really had kind of a a solid crew. And I, I don't think that there was one major change that happened between 14 and 15. Uh, but for the most part, the, the you know, cast of characters was the same for these three years. Yep. And 2014, just, I mean, everything you said is true. But just to jump into the actual season itself... Right off the bat, minutes before the draft, great memory. You and Kobe had just like an epic text fight, and we're talking. I am I'm at your house for the draft. I think were you living in Arizona at this time, right? You were you you guys were were out here. I think. Yeah, I was living in Arizona. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'll set the stage for you, and I I will you know. Yep. So this was Kobe was someone who was uh, you know I was close with in college, and he was a real like important member of the league in the early years, and um, there were some off the field stuff that was happening uh, with, uh, between him and I. And he really was kind of, we, we weren't super close at that point anymore. And he was not as interested. Like he wasn't interacting with us in the same way. Um, there were a couple blow ups between him and Colin. And he essentially announced that he was going to be auto uh, or no, no, no. What, what was it? It was that he, yeah, he was going to be auto drafting. Well, um, and I think like, there was a problem with trying to schedule it that year or something. And yeah. I think, and it's, he was going to auto draft, yeah. which is, you know, yep. I mean, that's a big no, no in our league. Like yep. if you auto draft, like you are on thin ice and coming yep. from him, someone who was very important in the league, but you know, it, it, whatever stuff happened. So we were like, kind of, we were fine. Nobody really talked about it and it just kind of simmered. And then within an hour before the draft, he was texting us or something and in a group thread. And he said, something that and I just it just set me off and all of a sudden I just lost it on him and just went into this huge <laughs> rant about how selfish he was for not showing up to this thing and we're going back and forth or whatever and I'll never forget it you just open the door to like come in to draft live and you just looked at me and you're like you okay <laughs> like because it was like it had it had moved from like the fantasy to like this was getting into like a real life like I mean I just you? I re- just remember being there getting ready like we are minutes before draft time right like for you and I, like one of the highlights of our year, and you're just fuming, like just out of your mind, just fuming. <laughs> oh, what a lady. I was 
so mad. And it's, yeah. you know, it's the kind of stuff that now years later, yeah. you're like, the stuff you thought was a big deal when of you course. were younger, but, yeah. but I was super mad. And then to the thing that probably made it a hundred times worse was, um, Kobe was one pick ahead of Leslie Ann and was supposed to be auto drafting. He hopped on in the first round and took Aaron Rodgers right before her. And that was when Leslie Ann was obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. Well, and that, I mean, and that just perfectly leads to this draft, which was probably had some of the worst drafts of picks of all time. Oh, and I'll man. just list a couple for you right off the bat. Eric took Adrian Peterson at seven, mm-hmm. played really well in week one. Uh, the kid spanking story broke the next week, and he never played another down yep, in that, 2014. That was it. And somehow and, he's still uh, playing in the NFL. Go figure. Yep, and that was the same year that you <laughs> – so Ray Rice was going to be suspended for the first two games. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll take a flyer on him in round six. The video leaked, uh, I think, a week or so later, and uh, that was the end of that too. Yep, out of the league forever. I'm uh, – yeah, yeah. And, uh, round four was a uh, round four was great for us. You again could not quit your love affair oh, with CJ Spiller, and so um, you picked him in round four, and he was awful. CJ, uh, that was overshadowed by maybe the most infamous draft pick in history, <laughs> which was me taking Bishop Sankey with my fourth round pick in 2014, and I it was a panic pick, and talk about delusion. I I remember that night in bed. <laughs> Like watching like clips of him like in college on YouTube, be like, it's gonna be awesome! Like, look how great he is! Like, just trying to convince myself that I've thrown away my season, and uh, uh, that was the year I ever had. So yep. I, I deserve it all. Bishop Sankey. I good mean, just old, the name, the the name just makes yep. my skin. Good old Stanky Sankey. And you no, know, like in fairness to you, so he played at Washington. So like I saw him play in college because I went to ASU. Um, like he. <laughs> I, I, he he was good in school. He wasn't a bad running back. Like, he was good. But uh, never did anything in the NFL, and that was, yeah, stanky sanky. That's really all you have to say. Uh, that season, obviously we talked about it on the last episode. You and I were terrible. We were, I think we were, I think we were ninth and 10th in the yeah, year. We but were. You Le- don't think we were. Yeah, <laughs> right. Leslie Ann was also, I think, seventh place uh, back-to-back. So that was uh, the second year in a row she'd been uh, seventh place. I think Colin, Leslie Ann, where I think I think yeah. there's been four years where she's finished seventh, and maybe three of them she had more points than somebody who made the playoffs. I know, man. You talk about hard luck teams. Leslie Ann is just there every year, but um, Colin also won the number one overall pick that year, which obviously that that was terrible. Oh, and um, I, I, I'll just set that. No one will care about this except for Colin, but I'll, I'll never forget that. The, it, and it, we were doing this video at the time, of course, and when the number two pick was announced, and it wasn't, once it got past five and it, Colin was still in the pool, I was sweating bullets. And when it, the second pick, I don't remember who it was, came out and it wasn't Colin, it was I me. audibly on the it video was, me. was like, oh my I remember God. because it was, it was me, me and Colin were the top two picks because I was yep. at your house and we were doing the video and stuff. Oh, yeah, and I was so upset, yep. and then I'll never forget this. The next day at work, I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just it's early in the morning, and I just get this phone call from Colin, and I just know what it is. And I just <laughs> answered it, and I was like, hello? And he's just, like, laughing, like, just hysterically <laughs> laughing, and just going, yes, 
And he said that literally when the video uh, came, when he realized it was there, he like pulled into his work parking lot and like didn't get out and was like watching the whole video, just like counting down the pigs. But I'll just never forget that. It was so funny. You know, I got to hand it to you and Leslie Ann. The the draft videos, you guys wrote those every year that we did them and they always turned out great. And and we've gotten tons of feedback over the years. Those were probably, you know, the most popular aspect of the lead for league at least to some extent for some people and so they were always well done we super, super I mean, popular we didn't have, you know we didn't have kids back then yeah. so it was like we we had a lot more time and, Takes a lot of and time. they're not as much fun with when yeah. you're not doing a snake draft but yeah i think it's we've avoided this enough um if this era is going to be talked about it really is at least 14 15 it, it is the trey era he, absolutely he in those two years trey played at a level that we have not ever seen in the league Trey's team in 2014, probably best team in, in league history. He goes 12-1, and he wins the title, scored over 1,800 points. Um, that title game was awesome, Colin versus it's Trey. The, it's the best title yep. game we ever had. Colin yep. made it, and the final score, 146-139. It was a true back-and-forth shootout. Um, yeah, it was it was a great great finish to the season, mm-hmm. and I just thought that note was funny. Brian Cummins inexplicably gets the number two <laughs> seed, and it's yeah. I don't. We'll never know how that happened necessarily, but I mean, it really is the era of Trey, and that just takes us right into 2015. So Trey goes 12 and one, dominates. There's really not much else to say. It was a great title game, but dominates the league that season, wins the title. And we go into 2015. Well, too, I just got to say before you go on, man, mm-hmm. like the idea of an undefeated fantasy season just seems like a, a myth. Like it'll probably never yeah. happen. But we almost had it happen. Like in a competitive league like ours, I mean, Trey lost one game. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and if it was going to happen, it would have been that team. Like if, you know, if, if we're talking 10 years from now for a 20th anniversary episode, maybe we're talking about an undefeated team at some point in the next decade. But it just seems so unlikely because of the parity we have in the league now where, you know, we've had, we've had seasons recently where second to ninth are separated by, by one game. So, yeah, but not only does he do well in 2014, we move into 2015 and we'll talk about our memories and, and about that season here in a second. But just to finish the thought, Trey goes 11 and two. So in a two season span, Trey is 23 and three. 26 fantasy matchups, he lost three of them. That is astounding. He scores over 1,900 points in 2015, the regular season, the most in league history up to that point, and is just dominant. We'll talk about the playoffs and the title game here in a second, but I think one of the best memories probably in league history, at least from that era, is we introduced a new member that year, Matt Smith. And how did he How did he actually join the league? How did he introduce himself to us? Do you well, remember? Matt came out of the gate roaring i mean matt replaced kobe and uh we were doing this thing where we as part of the draft idea that year a compilation of people introducing themselves i'm whoever with the you know fox theme music or i think it was nbc <laughs> theme music and yeah. matt smith sent us a video it's a running like a running shower with a curtain <laughs> you're like what's this curtain whips back matt completely nude with a football covering the good stuff and then announces his name and it was like well Matt is it. welcome to the league, Matt. And if that wasn't enough, before the season even began, right after the draft, so between the draft and the start of the season, Matt out of the blue with one of the most inexplicable trades of all time. I mean, it was like a seven-person trade 
with Scott, where he traded Jimmy Graham and Aaron Rodgers for a, a group where the lead guy was like Joy Bell. It was just uh, confounding. It was it was Jimmy Graham, Aaron Rodgers, Reggie Bush, for you know like Joyke Bell, T.J. Eldon was it Greg Olson? I think was the Olson in that trade. And I mean, obviously, it's just it's it's just one of the most bizarre. It is uh, not one of the. It is the most bizarre trade in league history. And Matt, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but I just I have to say it. I remember Matt sending a text or something to the ex- and. It, basically paraphrased all it said was i just i really really believe in joy bell i really wanted joy bell this year and i'm just like why <laughs> like it's just it was the most one-sided yeah, trade and like we were we were we were pretty upset because i mean it was just giving i mean scott is a good fantasy player he already had you know a, a solid team and it's just giving him all these extra players and i mean we have to say it we're we're gonna get to that point but scott won the title that year <laughs> Exactly. It really is like a, I mean, it, it is a, I don't know what, it, it, it's not an asterisk, but it was, I was driving back from the Nixon <laughs> library. I got to visit that day and Leslie and I pulled the car over because we were like, is Matt trying to implode the league? Like, did, is this some sort of long con Frank where he just like is going to dump his roster? Well, but... it just, it, it seemed like a roster dump, but it just, it, he, you know, claimed that he just, he really wanted Drake Bell and, you know, it, it didn't work out for him, but I, that still... I definitely the most bizarre trade in, in league history. My team that year, on a personal note, I remember I so I'm six and three after week nine, and playing better. The you know season before that, <clears throat> I had completely bottomed out, and so I'm happy that I'm winning. But at the same time, I just remember that that team was a paper tiger, and and I kind of knew it. I was in the third seed, pretty much all season long, but I just I was winning low scoring games and my team just it wasn't playing really great and I was hoping it was gonna turn around and kick it into high gear and I lost every game the rest of the way. So I go six and seven or whatever. And I missed the playoffs. And I just I it was just it was a slow it was a death by a thousand cuts because it was just like this slow descent into madness that I kinda was half expecting to happen. Like I knew my team wasn't great, but just to watch it week in and week out and just go from third and like every week you lose a matchup and you come back and you're like, it's okay, I'm still in third. I'm still in fourth. I just got to win this week. I'm in the playoffs. And just to just completely just descend out of the playoffs, I remember that was just super, super frustrating. Yeah, and it was a, it was a memorable year in the playoffs too. I, I, I had a really good team. Uh, and Andy Dalton, I'll never forget this, he threw a pick and – it was the first round of the playoffs, and I was I was winning this game. And Andy Dalton threw this pick, and instead of just throwing the pick, he decides he's going to chase down the guy and tackle him. I remember Broke this. his arm. Yeah. So I had A.J. Yeah. Green, so he was worthless after that. And I lost in the semifinals, but I had to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Andy Dalton, I mean, screwed me. I mean, not only does he throw the pick, but then he just throws his body away trying to tackle yep. the guy. Total. And hurts himself. And it's such an Andy Dalton thing, too. Like, if there's a quarterback that's going to do it, it is going to be that joke of a QB at a TCU. Like, that was just... Totally. Oh, man. So I ended up losing in the semis. And then uh, Colin, (laughs) maybe my favorite Colin memory in league history, around one of the playoffs, 54 total points. Like, that's not a joke. 54 (laughs) total points. The the dump of all dumps. I mean, astonishing. Uh, 54 points just to... Do the math quickly for everyone. We start nine players in a week, so that's an average of six points per position. 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, all you have to say is 54 points. It's like, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. 755, like, uh, you know. Everyone, it's just yeah. those numbers that just, you know, you automatically know 56 games in a row. Mm-hmm. It's just, all you have to say is 54 points, and yep. you know. Well, and, uh, and yeah, also so, Brian Cummins also had his his 2-11 team that year, and that was, uh, I think that was his sayonara to the rest of the league. That yeah, was that was his swan song. Swan song, and it, it you know. We love Brian, and he went out and as only he could with just a, a bomb of a season. And uh, Scott in the title game, yep. you know, we have to say it. Scott had a great team, but that was an upset. Trey, you know, is prevented from going yep. back to back with these two great teams. And it was, Trey scored 150. That's usually enough to win. But Scott erupted 183 points in the title game, and he mm-hmm. had, I got it right here. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, his quarterback, scored 30, and then he had three other non-quarterback players tim hightower julio jones and jordan reed all score over 30 yeah and uh he just exploded and ended up winning a title good for scott i think it's probably the best team performance in championship history i mean 183 points that doesn't happen more than a few times a season now in full ppr with the way everything goes like in a title game and especially beat like it's not like trey played bad he scored 151 points but scott's team just went nuts and you know that Again, that was those two years were definitely the era of Trey, but uh, Scott had a really good team. He was a two seed that year, and you know, although I wasn't competitive very much in those two seasons, like those were still two great years of uh, of fantasy. I think. Yeah, and 2016 um, it might be my favorite year of the league, just in terms of you know we were on mm-hmm. that group thread back then, and it was just the trash talk every single day. Yep. And the, it, it just went to a new level of obsession. This was the year that you became commissioner. Uh, we transferred over, and, and the league right. is, is better for it. Um, y- your uh, intensity and attention to detail <laughs> really, I think, have made the league better. I, I honestly believe that. We, we were looking for people to be a little bit more active, and, and we had minor issues, but we still had some issues with inactivity. And so we were still kind of moving that direction. This is when we went to auction. We started Keeper Week this year. So we were getting a little bit more serious. We were really obsessed with things in 2014, 2015. But 2016, we were trying to get really kind of serious. And we started moving towards doing our own thing in terms of how our league functioned. We were just looking for activity week in and and week out. Well, and what you can see here is this was the year that we – that got us to the lineup we have today because this was yep. Eric and Mary's last year. Colin's brother Adam hopped in for a year and, and he was great for entertainment and controversy that year. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we had three spots opened up and uh, we'll get to that next right. episode. But that essentially started the modern era. Yep. And I mean, and, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget just that first auction 2016 was so much fun. And I mean, obviously this season we're making a change to Superflex and so the values are different and stuff, but going from snake to our first auction as a league, like we didn't know what to expect. And, um, the idea of keeper week started that year. And we did, you know, personally, I, I still loved Julio Jones. Julio Jones is one of my favorite receivers. He's one of my favorite football players. And I've, I've never really had him other than that year where he got hurt. And so I really wanted him this year. And I remember I made a huge bid of $71 thinking there's no way Scott's going to match that and of course he matched it but the biggest thing I think probably in the auction that may have swung the title that year was that was Ezekiel Elliott's rookie year and Matt got him for 38 bucks 
and yeah, of course, and that's, you know, yeah. those are the kind of things that swing titles. That's what people are always looking for is the running back that is at the mid price point because he's a rookie or whatever. It's like how I got Saquon. We'll talk yep. about that later. But, you know, Matt had the, the stones to, to do it. And, you know, with that, now he has a top, you know, five running back, maybe even more than that for $38. And he could build the rest of his team. And it ended up, um, you know, not to spoil the ending here, but Matt ended up winning the title that year. That yep. was, And that was probably the move that got him there. Yep. Um, that year was, I mean, maybe the closest we've had to pure parity in league history. First and tenth were separated by only three games. The one seed was was was, was eight and five. And yeah, it's astonishing yeah. when you look back at this. It's like the top team won eight, the bottom team won five. Yep. And it was, I mean, you had three at three teams with eight wins. You had two teams with or one team with seven four teams with six so the eight and the one seed you had eight teams that were separated by two games and one of the five win teams was you you had the most points in the league and just couldn't win games that year and somehow ended up at the nine seed but it's just i just it's it seems like a joke you're like there was no team that broke out of the pack that year it was it was mm-hmm. total parody and that was i mean super frustrating because i had had 2013 started out really bad. I rebounded and made the championship game, but still, like, really, really bad start. 2014 was just an awful year the whole year. 2015 it was the opposite of 2016, where I was winning matchups, but my team wasn't that good, and I knew it, and I felt it. And then it, of course, fell apart, and I missed the playoffs. And so 2016, I remember... I was playing well. Week one, I think, I scored the second most points, but I lost to Scott because he scored the most points. And I lost in week two. And I think I lost to Trey in week three. And I just was, I had an aneurysm and just had a meltdown. And that was kind of the swan song of completely obsessive Corey because I was married at that point and it was starting to affect. That was the first year you were married. Yeah. And so the, the, poor Keisha has no <laughs> idea what she's walking into here. And didn't in, after week three there was three straight weeks of just freakouts and she you guys had like a come to Jesus talk where she was like I'm not ruining every Sunday I mean it was just I, I just remember just the first like I think it was the first three or four weeks where I went 0-3 or 0-4 and the most infuriating thing was that I was scoring points my team was playing well like I had made some good calls and I just could not win and I just was losing my mind and then you know you realize that uh, you can't you can't let it affect everything else, and so that was that was the end of completely obsessive Corey. Now we're just at mostly obsessive Corey. <laughs> it's weird to look back too. It's like especially how keeper week has changed. The the big players back then were the wide receivers. You had Julio, Odell, mm-hmm. and Brown go for seventy one, sixty nine, and sixty eight dollars respectively, yep. and they were the the premium guys back yep. then. Yep, and I mean those guys. I think at that point, maybe part of it would be how consistent they were. And there was a couple big years where, I think it was around this time where running backs were a little bit. Uh, they had a little bit of a down year just overall in in football and in fantasy, where wide receivers were big and running backs came down. And that swung back to running backs are still the most important at this point. But that was a lot of fun, and they, we had a little bit of controversy late in the season. And I'll let well, you uh, wait, touch we on that. We have yep. to put a bow on your on your tank of the season yeah you of course had the most points in the league missed the playoffs but there was a match <laughs> where you lost to leslie ann by 0.1 points and that 0.1 <laughs> points ended up costing you the title 
because of the way the league was with the parity, it's like if you had won an extra game and were the six and you had six wins, you would have jumped up to what five seed or something like that, four maybe something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but yeah, it was that that one tenth of a point kept me out of the playoffs, and I'll, I'll never forget. It was I was in the other room, but the Cardinals game I think was on TV, and I, I left the room was doing something else, but I had the sound on, I could hear it, and I think it was Patrick Peterson picked off a pass. And Leslie had the Cardinals defense and like that was it. Or or it was a sack or something. But it was it was something where it was that one thing happened and it was late enough in the game. I just I I I just knew it. And just <laughs> I thankfully have not had losses like that since, I don't think. Not nothing that bad, but yeah, that was a we really, really it up, frustrating. Just touching it real quick, but twenty thirteen, you had a, a the worst loss in league history, which was you beat me, <laughs> and then like Tuesday or Wednesday, oh. I woke up, and of course this is twenty thirteen, so the first thing I check is the league, and I look, and I have an extra win, and I'm like, what in the world happened? And I immediately I texted you, I was like, it wasn't me, like I did not change whatever this is, I don't know what happened. And we I love how up, that's what we immediately had to go to. Yeah, and it was a stack correction, and it literally flipped a win in our league. Like, and, it got and, taken away yep. from you. I'll, I, and the fact that it was you and I, I mean, it just was too perfect. And I can tell you what that was, because I remember waking up Wednesday morning and getting the text from you or whatever, and I just, I rolled back over and just went back to bed. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to start my day like that, but it was C.J. Spiller. And it was either a run or a catch. I think it was a catch, probably. But a catch had been credited to him, and it ended up being credited to Fred Jackson. Old man Fred out of that Buffalo Bills backfield. And so when they made that stack correction on Tuesday or Wednesday morning or whatever, that was the difference, and it gave you the win. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Anyway, we got to touch on, there were a couple controversies. Um, Essentially, the one that, Finished. So I will I will defend you on this. So Eric and Mary, there were a couple times where they would get right to the end on Sunday before setting their lineups. Yep. And, you know, the two big rules in our league, you can't auto-draft and you cannot play in active players. Like, it's just a no-no. And I think you had, had enough, the trust was gone. And so with minutes to go, Mary had not set her lineup, and you set it for her with, yep. like, two minutes left before mm-hmm. kickoff. And she was pissed. And yep. It ended up being this huge thing with people wondering what the right thing to do was and all that. And it was, it was, I mean, I was shopping at the grocery store and, and following the text thread. It did not go well. And I mean, it, you know, if I would do it again, maybe I would do it differently. But we had had some issues where it either come right down to the last minute or there might have been some issues where we actually had inactives in matchups. I, for, I forget if it got that far. And I mean, it was, it was really close. I mean, we're talking, games are kicking off and it was one of those things where, the decision was to either move someone from the bench into the lineup or let the IA play and maybe, you know, give someone a free win and then that affects playoff rankings and it's it's tough and I think it's I don't know. It's 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 tough and obviously, you know, what happened happened and it didn't go well. But that was probably you sound you know, like an athlete trying to explain like <laughs> something that went wrong in a good game. Like, well, hey, you know, we... It is, and, uh, we we moved on, and we we you know looked for the next game. We're on to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to take the next controversy because it yeah. it might be the biggest controversy uh, in league history. Um, and it was <laughs> if you ever if you guys have ever wondered why is Corey so like you have to make these payments like right away before the season start? Like why is that a thing? This is why. 
during the course of this year, Adam, for whatever reason, did not pay his dues. And we were always like, ah, we'll get it at some point. We'll get it at some point. Hadn't paid his dues. November 26th. So think about when this is. We're almost at the playoffs here. And suddenly, Adam and Colin, brothers, execute a Doug Martin for Matt Ryan trade. Now, this is weird because this is past the trading deadline. And we looked and the trade deadline had somehow not been set for that year. Like, it just hadn't been applied. But this was way past when trades were usually allowed. And so then the day this trade happens, Colin suddenly produces the money that Adam owes, saying, oh, Adam just gave me this today. And it was, I mean, a monster controversy about, like, (laughs) who – and it was – there really – there were both sides to it because there were – by the letter of the law, there was no – Right. trade deadline and you couldn't really prove that it was yep. a money for trade thing but oh man well, that was a big thing and 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 what had happened and, and to be fair i allowed the, tra- the trade to go through and i took responsibility for that at the time and i probably did so and I'm, I'm not probably I, I did so in a backhanded way and so colin if you're listening i apologize i take responsibility but somehow the trade deadline did not get set and i never checked it because it, we never change it but it just it, it wasn't set and it wasn't checked. And so we're in, you know, week 11 or 12, you know, definitely past when the trade deadline would normally be. And, it, and the trade was allowed to go through. The league let the trade through. So that was my fault. But, yeah, it was a huge controversy because it's, you know, it by the letter of the law, like you said, the league allowed the trade to go through. But obviously it's past when we normally had a deadline. So... At the least that the money if, just mysteriously appeared that day certainly <laughs> complicated in that. <laughs> anyway, oh, man. Uh, I mean, it, so it definitely had some... 2016 definitely had a share of controversy there, but um, overall, it, you know... It, it, it ended with an all-Smith <clears throat> uh, championship bowl between yep. Matt and myself. Yep. Um, I was very fond of that team. <laughs> that was the year that I uh, did something that... Uh, Oh, no, that wasn't that year. Never mind. Uh, but that was the year that um, I just put together a really good team, and I lost in the title game. And I'm still, I'm still kind of annoyed about it. It was back during my Odell Beckham era, where he was just awesome for me, and Lashawn McCoy was really good. I had Brady, and I don't know, but but you know, Matt somehow won the title. He had Ezekiel Elliott, yep. and he was the better team, so good for him. Yep. But I did like having a week where Matt and I could just crap all over you and Colin, though. It was it was great. I mean, I I mean, it wasn't great for me, but I remember that championship game, and that was when the group thread between the four of us was really big, and none of us had a title at that point. And yeah, so, that's right. you know, Colin and I were on the outside looking in, and, and you guys were in the title game, and that was the first title in that group thread and uh yeah matt got zeke for 38 bucks you know and that that price there allowed him to build enough of a team around to get a title and and in 2016 i think just to wrap up that really ended i think that era of 14 to 16 where we were super super obsessed we were we were still fairly fresh out of school and we were still you know the league was still probably the most important thing you know going on on a day-to-day basis for us a bunch um the league was still, you know, super, super important. And as we move into 2017 and start talking about that in our last episode, our last uh, look back, we kind of, as you coin, we kind of joined the modern era. And, you know, we're not as crazy. The group threads, you know, obviously not as active and things aren't as dramatic, but we're really more competitive and we have the most parity than we've probably ever had. It just from a total league perspective. 
but as yeah, we as we kind of bookend sixteen way. here, it's just you know this was competitive in a way that you want yeah. to be like. So yeah. we were always super competitive. We probably cared more in the earlier days, right. but now right. it's like you one to ten mm-hmm. uh, as a fantasy in terms of skill, like yep. it's the best it's ever been. Well, and it's I think the the way you can sum it up is at certain points those first few years and even into maybe fourteen and maybe fifteen. There were certain teams where you looked at over the course of the season, you go, I kind of have a bye this week because my team's good and this team's not. And we haven't had that, I think, probably since 2015. I don't think there's been a team where you can look at and say, I have a bye this week, 2016 on. Like like we mentioned, as bad as some of the teams were in 2017 with Colin and Steven, Steven beat me. So I have nothing to say. But there were there were teams that were truly, truly awful in 12 and 13 and 14 where it's like I don't need to worry about picking someone up I'll play a crappy bench player because it's a bye week for me any, anyways and so that uh, kind of wraps up then this episode in terms of the years we're going to look at where you got another little countdown list and Nick this one is for you or this one will be presented by you and this is the top five Corey freakouts, and really you could make this list probably 10 or 15. There's been so many of them, but Nick has a list of the top five, so uh, take it's it away. Even remember, it's hard to even remember how many times you've, you've quit yep. or freaked out. It's, it's a part of what's formed the character of this league, and I love it. So <laughs> I'm just going to go chronologically. We've touched on a couple of them. The first time that Craig and I made that trade where I don't even remember what the trade was, but Craig wasn't really playing, and I was on a mm-hmm. bus at AM and you just quit, literally gave me the controls, <laughs> be like, you're a commissioner now, I'm dumping my team. And, of course, it was the first of many times where you would quit and then several hours later come back. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was the initial one. Uh, the two, uh, I-, I would say the trade, the biggest trade controversy was definitely um, me and Kobe with Calvin Johnson, just because you had offered him a better deal for the same player mm-hmm. a week earlier and then he just traded me straight up i mean that yeah. was that was bad but the one thing you could take away from that is my team that year was terrible so yeah. it didn't really matter um number three i would say i would just say 2013 in general there were so many different things that year <laughs> the whole randall season cobb, the randall cobb rule where you threatened to quit over that the aj green for the chiefs d trade you were so mad about that so 2013 mad. in general was Corey just hanging by a thread yep yep oh man i was <laughs> I was at your throat that whole season. I would say I want to just throw as one any of the countless times uh, Colin has driven you insane or to the <laughs> brink of madness. Um, some of them we can't even bring up in public. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm just going to put Colin as, as number yeah. four. And then, you know, you've matured. It's not a big, as big of a thing, but it was – I loved the throwback. I think this was 2018 – when Steven, and we can touch on this in the next episode, he, with a week to go in the season, Steven had already locked up a playoff spot, and he essentially was trying to decide whether he wanted to bench his team in the final week <laughs> to lose on purpose in order to get a – he wasn't sure who he wanted to play in the playoffs, but he realized that he could affect this by deciding whether he could win or lose. And you lost your mind at the, like, <laughs> inte- this integrity, this besmirches the honor of the league. The sanctity of the competition. Yeah, the sanctity of competition, and that's the famous quote. And you, you decided that you would, um, you would uh, do like a, you would go around Stephen, go over his head to the group, like announce that Stephen was thinking of this idea, thinking that everyone would be on your side. Well, no one was, and everyone was like, "That's ah, his team; he can do whatever you want." And then you were like, "Well, 
it doesn't matter. I'm not listening to anyone. And just like still like would not give it. I'm not interest. leaving. Yeah, I'm not leaving. It was classic. They're going to have to pull me out of here with a wrecking ball. Yeah, it was good to have you back. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was a throwback to the old, to the old freakouts for sure. I look forward to the 2020 version. Oh, there'll be at least one or two for sure, probably. So, all right. Well, this this episode was a lot of fun. Like I said, fourteen to sixteen, I think was, you know, at least from just the amount that we cared, probably the most fun stretch that we had in our league, and we were so so involved. Um, and I'm excited to talk about kind of the modern era next, and that's going to be seventeen to nineteen. We'll touch on that next time. <laughs>